This is a Stroud Short Stories podcast. Stroud Short Stories is an independent, twice-yearly, live-lit event. I'm organiser John Holland, and today I'm bringing you one of my favourite Stroud Short Stories, read by its author. This story is called When the Night Comes, and it's by Melanie Golding. It's from our November 2017 Stroud Short Stories event. Melanie Golding lives in Stroud and has worked in many occupations. Farmhand, factory worker, childminder and music teacher. But there has always been writing. Her first novel, Little Darlings, is published by HQ in the UK in May 2019 and by HarperCollins in Canada and Crooked Lane Books in the US. It has been optioned for the big screen by Free Range Films. They're asleep, says Jono. Father Kay says, that's the point, I told you. But Father, if we wake them up, don't you think they will be less likely to listen to the word? More fool them. Father Kay shouts into the letterbox. Hello? Anyone home? They're not going to answer, says Jono. Let's try next door. At the house next door, the shutters are closed tight. Every house is fitted with shutters now. Without them, there is no way to eliminate the deadly, relentless glare from the suns. In old time, it would be mid-afternoon. Now the 24-hour clock is used less and less as people decide their own rhythm. Most people have fallen into a pattern of waking for eight hours and then sleeping for four. Father K hates those people. The greatest sin is to ignore the old timings. People must be made to realise that the preservation of God's intended night in the face of this endless day is the root of the challenge. They need to wake up. Jono tips his head back and scans the sky, tinged green through his protective goggles. It is empty apart from the old yellow sun and the new white one. Hunched low down and enormous, a massive glaring eye. He sees no birds and no clouds. Both are rare over the land now. It has been almost a whole year since night fell for the last time. They go inside the unlocked porch, where the sunlight is diffused by screens fixed to the glass. With the door shut, they can both remove their goggles, lower their hoods. Father Kay bangs aggressively on the door. After a few seconds, Jono can hear footsteps from inside the house. The door opens a crack, and from within the dark interior, a young woman squints out at them. Short blonde hair messed up from being asleep, the girl's eyes are etched with worry. Yes? Father Kay has a slight overbite that makes his craggy features rather charming. Jono has seen the way women react to him, preening and fussing when he turns his smile on them. He turns it on this girl now, and she recoils. We bring good news. Oh, really? The girl's worried frown travels through relief to annoyance as she steps back to shut the door. Father Kay puts his boot in the gap. It's too hot for boots, it always is, but without them their feet would fry. 
Night will come, says Father Kay. Exactly one year to the day it went away. The Lord has spoken to me. He will come and with him he will bring the night. A gift for our faith. Get your fucking foot out of my door, says the girl, kicking at Father Kay with her small bare toes. He doesn't seem to feel it. Come to the church at the appointed hour, says Father Kay, thrusting a leaflet into the gap between the door and the frame, and you shall be saved. The girl disappears for a second, and the door swings open, revealing the neat hallway within. On the hall table there is a framed photo of a happy family, two parents and an older brother, the ocean at their backs. This girl is at the centre of the scene, smiling. The photo predates the second son's appearance. The people in it are uncovered, and none of them are wearing protective goggles. They look happy to be in the light. And there, in the sky, there are several large clouds. He is wistful at the sight of them. They might be full of rain. She comes out of the dark of the kitchen, holding a large knife. Out of my house, she says, pointing the knife. Now. Father Kay doesn't need telling twice. He pulls his goggles and hood on, turns and walks his boots right out of the porch and across the front garden, that pale brown collection of dust and stumps of rose bushes. He stands on the pavement and looks around him, expecting Jono to be right there. He calls... Come on, Jono, we'll try the next one. This girl has no faith. She doesn't want to be saved. Jono is standing just inside the door of the girl's house. Where are your parents, he asks. She shakes her head. They couldn't do it, she says. They tried, but they couldn't sleep. It killed them. I'm sorry, says Jono. Your brother, too? Yes, but he didn't choose it. He died before we knew how dangerous the new son was. He went out on his bike and got a puncture, tried to walk home without his cape. My mother found him. She never recovered. Jono pushes the door almost shut against the light. You're still here, though, he says, smiling experimentally. She lays the knife next to the photo frame and crosses her arms as if she's cold. Jono is sweating in his layers and heavy boots. I thought about going with them, she says. I've heard it's peaceful, like floating away in a warm bath. And then darkness, proper darkness. Father Kay is calling his name. You should go, she says. Your papa's calling. He's not my papa. So why do you do this? Knocking on people's doors, frightening them. Peddling your poisonous hope. She spits hope at him, as if it tastes rancid in her mouth. Jono tilts his head in sympathy. On the screen, at the front of the hall, a countdown clock marks time. My people, says Father Kay, in only a few more minutes the night will come. Have faith. Jono gets on the stage and adjusts the microphone stand, which is slipping. As he retreats, he scans the crowd again for signs of Avril. Tonight, says Father Kay, when the night comes, the Lord will know that we are the true and we are the faithful. We, his faithful followers here in this room, have been chosen. 
we will be saved and we will be welcomed into the kingdom of heaven where angels will fluff up our feather pillows and sing us to the most restful, peaceful, joyful night of sleep in one whole year of this contemptible sunlight. The crowd cheers in agreement, sending up amens and hallelujahs into the semi-darkness. The hall is fitted with blackout blinds, but they are cracked and need replacing, and those stuck in seats where the piercing rays fall through are obliged to keep their capes on or risk blistering wounds where the white light would cut through the fabric of their normal clothes. The door opens and a figure enters, dressed in a government-issue black floor-length hooded cape. Many of the followers shield themselves with their own capes as the light assaults them, only letting their guard down when the door is safely shut. The figure pushes her hood back. Jono moves through the crowd towards her. You came, he says. Yeah, says Avril. I didn't want to be alone any more. He smiles at her, takes her in his arms. You're not. You don't need to be. Not any more. There's only a minute to wait. Look. The clock on the whiteboard shows 55 seconds and counting. Father Kay is directing people towards the stage, where they are filing past the chest, dropping their capes, goggles and boots inside. The faithful will be rewarded, Father Kay is saying, and we must prove that we believe. Come, discard your protective garments. We shall not need them when the Lord brings the night. Let's do it, says Jono, taking Avril's cape from her shoulders and leading her to the front of the room. But she is unsure. She pulls at his arm. What happens if... Avril, says Jono, you must have faith. 23 seconds. 22 Jono drops his gear into the chest. He looks at Avril. She places hers on top of the growing pile. Amen, says Jono, and kisses her. The countdown from ten is full of raw excitement, and when the clock shows zero seconds, the room erupts in joyful celebration. Someone starts singing Amazing Grace, and a few others join in. Now is the time, says Father Kay, his voice wavering with emotion, his cheeks flushed. The crowd parts to let him by, and he takes hold of the handles on the door. He pushes them open. Jono feels the pain of the alien light in his uncovered eyes. Avril says, it hasn't worked. But the crowd is already surging out of the doors and into the street. They turn their faces to the sky. Look, says one. I see a cloud. The light is fading, it's fading, praise the Lord, says another. Exclamations all around and cries of pain that could be ecstasy. The night is coming. Soon it will be dark again. Jono holds Avril tightly and kisses her gently. They walk together through the open doors and into the light. That was Melanie Golding reading When the Night Comes, which originally was from the November 2017 Stroud Short Stories event. The next Stroud Short Stories event is on Sunday the 19th of May at the Cotswold Theatre in Stroud. Why not come along to the event and hear ten authors reading their stories? 
Tickets are on sale from the Cotswold Playhouse website from the 12th of April. The story you heard today is from our new anthology, which has 57 stories by 45 authors from the last three years of our events. It's available from local bookshops and Amazon and in paperback and Kindle editions. I'm grateful to Laura Bing for producing the podcast, to Ed Holland for the music. Thanks very much for listening.